0: Zoe, are you going to stay in here with me? No? I'll come. What's the deal? You going to go have fun in there? All right. Hey, I'm talking to you, Zoe. (laughs) Hallelujah. What a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you came to receive today. Hallelujah. Praise God. One thing's real clear, when you come to receive, guess what? You never go home empty-handed, praise God. You always end up with something, praise God. We have, um, over the last um, few weeks, I think actually this is week, I think it's week three actually, um, been talking and ministering concerning the grace of God, about grace for living, amen. How many know there's a grace for living? Come on, right? There's a grace for everything, praise God, amen. A grace, amen, to, uh, for marriage, a grace for family, for business, amen. A grace for walking this walk, amen. A grace, amen, for every gift and calling, praise the Lord. So we have uh, been taking some time, um, done a lot of messages on grace, but what I uh, have been instructed to do uh, over the last you know, few weeks and probably whatever it ends up being, I have no idea how long it will go. Uh, Might be a few more weeks. I don't know. Uh, But anyway, instructed to take my time and work through this thing. And uh, so believe it or not, which actually surprised me when I kind of got into this thing, kind of realized that I have yet to really ever just do a whole series on grace. Did a lot of singles, a lot of messages here and there and everywhere else, you know, as far as about it, but never really just did a whole series on it. And so uh, the challenge for me as I said, I think it was last week too, the challenge for me is to rush it because you got so much you want to just say, and, uh, but I'm supposed to take my time with it, amen, so we all get it. Look at your neighbor and say, let's get it, praise God, amen. All right, so let's go to a couple of the, the key verses before we move into what we have for you today. Uh, some of the opening verses, we're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 20, please. And verse 32 says this, Now, uh, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. Everybody say the word of His grace. Amen. Now, earlier earlier in the chapter, he referred to it as the gospel of of God's grace or the gospel of, of the grace of God. Amen. So it's good news. Amen. This word of grace is good news. Look at your neighbor and say, this is always good news. This is not bad news. This is good news. Amen. So there is the word of His grace. He said, which is able. In other words, this message of grace is able to do something. It's able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified, all those that made a decision to set themselves apart. So there is some building up that happens and there's an inheritance. Are you still with me? One translation says a rightful inheritance. Amen. I think it's Amplified says that. Now, the word grace, let's do a little definition. The word grace means a gift, benefit, or favor. Uh, But it also means this, which a lot of times I don't, you don't necessarily hear it being brought out uh, out there. But it means a divine influence upon the heart, and then its reflection in the life. So it's a divine influence, in other words, a God, uh, a God influence upon the heart. Now the word influence again uh, just means the capacity or power to produce an effect on or in somebody. All right, it means to, uh, literally, to impact one. So, to cause and effect or to impact. So, God is always trying to influence you. Come on. God's trying to influence you. Amen. Uh, Now, Pastor Jerry, when he gets up here, or whether you're going to listen by Internet or watch by Internet, or or maybe somewhere along the line you listen to a message or something. See, my heart is all about influence. It's all about somehow or another trying to impact or affect the life of another individual. Come on, somebody. Now, the only way that Pastor Jerry can influence you is somehow or another you have to allow me to do that. Whether you come hear a message or you listen to something or whatever, you made a decision to move toward uh, some avenue uh, allowing me to influence you. Now, if if you don't allow me to influence you, guess what? I, I don't influence you. I, I think that's just, you know, kind of a gimme, but we have to understand that divine influence, a God influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, you have to understand it's the same thing. If we're not going to allow God to influence us, then there's a good chance you may not be influenced, okay? So it's just, it's just a simple deal, okay? So a divine influence upon the heart, the word heart, uh, leb, okay, which... Uh, which means core or center, literally means the seat of control. So it's not talking about the the blood pump. It's talking about the seat of control in any any individual. It really, bottom line, we could probably break it down a little bit more and call it the will of man. Okay? So uh, Jesus said, out of the heart of man, the mouth speaks. Out of the heart of man, uh, the issues of life come. Out of the heart of man comes the good, the bad, and the ugly. Are you still with me? Good, bad, and ugly. So everything. So a lot of times, you know, you know, somebody might say, you know, they're doing a lot of uh, negative stuff and, and somebody say, well, their heart's good. Well, actually, no. Come on. According to Jesus, you know. Now, they have the potential to be good. Don't, don't, you know, shut me down now. But you have to understand that the reason they're doing what they're doing is because of what's reflecting from their heart. Okay? So, if there's bad influence, there's probably going to be a negative or bad reflection. Am I in the right house? If there's a positive reflection, there's probably, you know, then basically there's somewhere along the line there was a positive influence. Okay, so God wants to influence. The heart, the seat of control, why? To affect your decision making, to affect, amen, the reflection, hallelujah, your words, your actions, everything that you do. If he can get involved with this, amen, to influence the heart, then guess what? Your life starts uh, changing and shifting and starts manifesting what's in the heart. Are you still with me? So, divine influence, amen. So, uh, when a divine influence, this grace comes upon uh, any individual, there's some things that begin to happen. One, uh, th- there's some building that goes on. It means to build upon. There's things that begin to be constructed and built and handled and dealt with in your life. Amen. It begins to build things. It begins to change and adjust and make you uh, the men and women of God that you're called to be, praise God, which is able to build you up and, it says, to give you an inheritance. Everybody say an inheritance. inheritance. Now an inheritance, the word means possession, portion, allotment, but literally means your lot. In other words, like um, we would use the phrase your lot in life or that's just my lot in life. Well, that's, this is what he's talking about. There's a lot that all of us have. Now it should be good. And in God, it's a good allotment. Come on, somebody. So there's a lot. Now, the word uh, a lot, or like as refer, referred to as the lot in life, refers to a fate, fortune, future, destiny. So basically, what he's saying is if you allow the message of grace to come in and you'll receive it, come on, then we can build upon some things in your life and we can move you towards your destiny, move you towards your future move you towards your lot in life. Are you still with me? Because you have an inheritance in God that belongs to you. Amen. And so if we will receive it, guess what? Praise God, we'll succeed, praise God. Let's do the Romans uh, 5, Romans 5, 17. It says this, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, talking about what the first Adam or what Adam did, much more those who received the abundance of grace Everybody say the abundance of grace. Abundance. Everybody say receive. receive. Hallelujah. It mean, literally means to seize what's been offered. So something's being offered to you, but you've got to seize it. Seize the abundance of grace. Everybody say abundance. abundance. There's no shortage of grace. Grace is a free gift if you'll take it. Come on. And there's a bunch of it. It doesn't matter what, you, what you're what you dealing with, what you're going through, where you're at, what's happening, every area of your life, there is a grace, there's an abundance of grace, amen, of divine influence. The more you'll let God into any area of your life, the more God will roll in here, praise God, and influence you, why? So it can be reflected from your heart, praise amen. God, amen. All right, so he said, if you will receive this abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Earlier in the uh, chapter there, it calls it a free gift of righteousness. Amen. In other words, you're going to walk in a place of right standing with God. Amen. Which is definitely key. The Word even says er, uh, later in this chapter that grace actually reigns through righteousness. So in other words, amen, you receive who He's made you to be. Amen. And you'll be able to walk with confidence and assurance. Praise God. Amen. Drawing on grace. Amen. Getting ahead of myself, but we'll see that here in the next verse. Amen. But it says this, abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, what will happen? Well, it says you'll reign in life. So we're talking about a grace for living. The word reign here means, literally means uh, the, 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 uh, the, the foundation of power is what it means. A foundation of power. And it refers to uh, stability, confidence. literally means to rule and reign as a king. Some translation will even bring that out. Amen. So in other words, you reign as as the men and women of God, people of royalty, people like Amen. You should be reigning in life. Amen. Amen. Taking ground. Conquering. Amen. Overcoming. Amen. Well, how does that happen? Well, one big key is receiving the abundance of grace and of that free gift of righteousness. Amen. And when you do that, you will begin to reign in life. Next verse, Hebrews 4, verse 16. I've got to give some of this in order to keep moving forward here. But let us therefore come boldly. Everybody say boldly. boldly. With confidence. That's why, that's why grace reigns through righteousness. Because then you can come to God with confidence and boldness. Amen. You're not going to come to God out of shame or guilt. In fact, most people won't even go to God in shame, guilt, or condemnation. Are you hearing me? Most people will not even move toward God. They're running from God because they're, they're, you know, they don't feel you know, adequate or they don't feel uh, you know, whatever. Their past, their mistakes, their failures, their uh, flops, whatever you want to call them, amen, have, have kept them back because they feel like they're not deserving or something. Well, the Word says that shouldn't be a problem. God's already paid a price, already made this thing right, made you the righteousness of God. Come on, somebody. As a result of it, you can come with confidence and boldness to what? The throne of grace. Listen, if you want the grace of God, you're going to have to move toward the God of grace. Come on, somebody. The throne of grace. And it says when you do, you obtain mercy, but you find or discover, that word means, grace to help in time of need. Now, we have spent over the last several weeks, actually last two weeks, pardon me, uh, just talking about moving toward God and why we have to move toward God to draw on grace. Amen. We're not taking away the fact that grace is a free gift. But all God is asking is, would you please come to the house and pick it up? You have a gift sitting there for you. Come and get it. Amen. I use the illustration. I've done it both weeks here, and I'll use it again today. If Pastor Jerry called you up and said, Listen, I got something I, I bought for you. I want you to have it. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty cool gift. And, you know, maybe might be something that you say, Hey, man, I've been, been praying for that. for Man, there it is. We got it now. Praise God. It's, it's all for you. No strings attached. It's yours. Uh, the only problem is I, I wish you just would you come over to the house to pick it up. All right? Just come to the house and pick it up. Now, that didn't, that didn't take away of anything of it being free, did it? All I'm asking is, you know, drive a couple miles, come out to the house and pick it up, amen, and you can, you, can, you know, drive on back off the lawn, lane, uh, out the lane with it, praise God. Come on, somebody, whatever. The point is, it's your gift, it's a free gift, but all I'm asking is just come to the house. Well, it ain't no different. Grace ain't no different. God just says, listen, you can have all you want. There's an abundance of it. There's divine influence for anything and everything you could possibly want. He just says, would you please just come over to the house? Come and hang out with me. See, it's hard to let Mr. Divine influence you if you're not going to hang out with Mr. Divine. Right. That's Amen. 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 So we spent, uh, especially a lot of last week, talking about showing you different references about grace and the need to move toward it, to go receive it, to go obtain it, to go grab it, praise God, to find it. all these references, talk about you moving toward God to grab grace. Now, there's been a lot of confusion about grace over the years. And the only reason, really, the, the bottom line is, is we mix it with mercy. Mercy and grace are two different things. Are you hearing me? And a lot of times we lump them together. In fact, if you, you, know, if you even just stop and think about your own conversation, a lot of times we say, you know, you know I'm just drawing on, on the mercy and grace of God. We'll just lump them together. Now, there's nothing wrong with that statement in itself. But the point being is a lot of times in our head we have a tendency to kind of lump them together. Now, they work together, but they're not the same thing. So we have a tendency to look at grace as though it's mercy when it ain't mercy. And so there becomes a little bit of conflict when you start talking about coming and getting hold of your grace. Everybody says, well, wait a minute now. uh, You know, God gives you grace. Listen, the Word says this, okay? Okay. Um, I'm not going to go to all these references. We did the last two weeks, but I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. The Word says you can fall short of the grace of God. You can be deficient of it or lack it, according to Hebrews 12. He, Acts 13 says that you, you have to continue in the grace of God, which means there's an opportunity you may not. Galatians 2 says that you're not to set aside or frustrate or nullify or make void the grace of God. Galatians 5 says that you can fall from grace or be driven off course from grace. Are you still with me? So if it was just based on God alone, had nothing to do with you at all, if you had no part to play in it, then these verses wouldn't be valid. If it was just up to God whether or not you walked in the grace. Are you hearing me? So God says, listen, it's all available, it's all free, there's an abundance, and if you come and get it. You can walk in it in every area of your life, never have a shortage of it, and you can succeed and reign in life, walking built up and fulfilling, hallelujah, your calling, your destiny, walking in your inheritance, praise God. You just got to come and get it. Are you still with me? All right. In fact, a reference, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out here before we get into our main text today. Um, John 1 uh, says that, uh, that grace and truth come through Jesus, came through Jesus, Um, uh, John 1 verse 14 through verses 17 in there, um, and talks about how grace and truth came through Him, amen, All right, now grace and truth, everybody say grace and truth, truth. okay, it's just a little tidbit just to kind of throw another another, uh, log on the fire, so to speak, Um, but uh, grace and truth came through Jesus. Now, later on in the Scripture, in John John 8, it says this, it says that if you continue my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How many agree with that? Now, remember, grace and truth came through Jesus, but the Word says that truth, that same truth He's talking about, is what makes a person free or sets a person free, right? Come on. What truth sets you free? In context, put John 8 and uh, verse 31 and 32 up there. Put uh, be verse 32. Put that verse up there. All right? And you shall know, most, a lot of people have this as a refrigerator verse. It's one of those things you'll have on plaques and you'll have on hanging on the walls. It says, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So what makes you free? The truth you know. It's the truth you know that makes you free. There's a lot of people out there around truth all the time but don't have any of it working in them, and they're not free. Okay, so what makes you free is the truth you know. Now, how do you get to know the truth? Verse 31, if you abide and continue in my word, he says, and then you are my... Disciples indeed, or disciplined ones indeed. So how do you get to know a truth? Are you still with me? Come on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to establish something here. okay? Because we, we go along and we just, we just assume things, and then here we are, children of God, just assuming things, and the devil just ransacks our life. So what truth sets you free? The truth you know. How do you get to know a truth? By abiding, by continuing, by pursuing it. Going after it. So if grace and truth came through Jesus, it's available, it's all available, but you had to pursue truth to know the truth to be free because of the truth you know. So why is it so difficult to hear the message when we say, you have to pursue the God of grace to receive the grace of God, why is that so difficult? You have to pursue the God of truth in order to receive the truth of God. And if both came through Jesus, then why is it so complicated To see one as one you pursue and the other one you struggle with. It's the same thing. Are you still with me? All right. So with that said, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And today um, I titled the message, uh, Mercy, Grace, and Faith. All right. So with all this being said, everything we've been leading up to, um, Ephesians 2, please. Are you still with me? You know, I appreciate all the great teaching and everything that goes on about uh, the grace of God. There's just so much good teaching out there, and and, uh, we appreciate all of it. Um, You know, we're we're not trying to take away from any of it. We're just trying to show you that, you know, the Word talks about in 1 Peter that there's a manifold grace of God multifaceted it's you know you kind of it's it said multi-sided means every time you kind of take a look at it from a different angle you can see a whole new perspective and so what we're trying to do is just get you to take a, a, a different look from like around the corner you can kind of see this thing because i don't want you to miss out on it if the word says you can come short of it i don't want to come short of it if the word says that you can not continue in it then i want to i want to get a hold of it so i can continue in it If the Word says you can be driven off course of it, I don't want to be driven off course of it. I want it to work in my life. Amen. Why? Because just like Paul said, everything that I do, everything that I am, how I do it, how I perform ministry was all based on the grace of God. I am what I am because of the grace. And really, to be honest, Paul does more teaching about the grace of God than anybody else. Because he got a revelation of it. Uh, Ephesians 3 and Romans 15, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 15. all Paul lets it be known. Amen. The reason I can do this is because of grace. Amen. So he gives us insight about how to get that grace. All right. So with that said, Ephesians 2, verse 4, please. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay. But God, who is rich in mercy. Oh, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, he's rich in mercy. He's abounding in it. He literally means to be wealthy in mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. Because of His great love. In other words, that mercy is extended. Why? Because of His love. The Word said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Right? Come on, right? Whoever believe on Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Jesus came. He paid a price for you and me. Hallelujah. There was a price paid. Why? Because God is in love with mankind. And because of that love, and because of all that Jesus did, there's mercy that is being extended all the time. You still with me? So, God who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, sins, mistakes, all that yuck in the past, even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. Now, you notice that it's in parentheses. Now, the writer put that in there uh, for a reason, but the bottom line, the reason being is because he's trying to show you there's a distinction between mercy and grace. Okay? Hang on. Verse 6, And he not only has He made us alive together, He's raised us up together. Hallelujah. He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, right now, regardless of where you're at in your walk, This is what He's already done. He made you alive together with Him. He raised you up together with Him. He's made you, even right now, positionally seated together with Him in heavenly places. That's not talking about someday. talking about right now. Right now, because of what Jesus did, through that mercy, hallelujah, made a way right here, because of where you're right now, you're not only raised up, hallelujah, you're seated together with Him, praise God. Come on, somebody. Now that's basically another way of just saying you've been made now the righteousness of God. Just another way of saying it. You've been brought into a place of right standing. Right now. You don't have to try to earn anything. You don't have to try to force anything. You're not trying to get God to love you. You're not trying to get God to accept you. You're already accepted. You're already in. You've already been raised up. You've already been positioned in Him. Come on, somebody. You're already the righteousness of God. Why? Mercy. Because of God's love, mercy was extended to take care of everything in your past. To bring you into a position and place, amen, so that at any time that you need anything, the way's already been made. There is nothing right now to hold you back or to hinder you from moving into a place of fellowship with God. Nothing. Nothing. Now, unless you let the devil lie to you. But you have every right now, no matter what has happened, you say, well, Pastor, you just don't know. I really blew it this morning. Well, it's a good thing you came to church then. Amen. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. All last week, it's a good thing you're here hearing what you're hearing today. You. Praise God, because this word of grace, hallelujah, that we're talking about, that what we're dealing with, praise God today. This is what you need to hear to bring you into who you got to be. But you have to understand that first and foremost, because of His mercy, it made a way that regardless of, of your past, there is no longer any hindrances, nothing can hold you back from time spent with God. Why is that? Because you have to spend time with God if you want grace. Are you still with me? All right. So, verse uh, 7. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Why? Well, for good works. It wasn't your works that saved you. But you've been created for good works. You are saved because of the grace. Because mercy made a way for it. Okay. For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. It's talking about your destiny. Talking about your future. All right. Now, let's define this. We're going to define uh, mercy. We're going to define uh, grace. And we're going to define faith because it's necessary. All right, so back up there to verse four, he's talking about the the riches of his mercy. Praise God. The word mercy. Are you still with me? The word mercy, okay, means compassion, loving kindness. It means covenant kindness. Um, Oleo oleo or something is the Greek word. The Hebrew word is going to be hasid, um, but it means uh, covenant kindness, all right? But it means this too, okay? It means good deedliness. It's not even a proper English word, but when you look it up, it, 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 it's what it uses as a definition of mercy, good deed, like D E E D D E E D two E's E E D, deedliness, deedliness, okay. Well, what does that mean, right? I mean, I mean, you kind of have an idea, but it means uh, to work on behalf of another, to do an act or an action on behalf of another. Uh, means to pay a price or to do what's necessary on behalf of another. So what mercy is, you think about this in your own life, when you extend mercy to another individual, it's about taking, amen, time, energy, efforts, your love, your forgiveness, whatever, and you're doing it on behalf of another. Come on. Whether they deserved it or not, I'm going to extend mercy I'm going to do a God thing here, a God good deed here, amen, and do what's right, amen, on behalf of another. That's what God did for you through Jesus. Because in all honesty, you're all deserving the hell. But because of His love, because of an unconditional love, agape love, okay, he sends his son, amen, because he's rich in good deedliness. He's rich in covenant kindness. Amen. And so, based on the covenant that he has with Jesus, come on, somebody. See a lot of people say, Well, it's my covenant. Well, you you entered into the covenant because you received Jesus. But you have to remember the covenant wasn't between you and the Father. The covenant was between Jesus and the Father. And anybody who received Jesus comes into the covenant as part of the family. You know why that is? So you can't mess it up. Because otherwise we will. You know, Somebody says, you know that Adam, if Adam wouldn't have blew it, man, we'd all be in, we'd all be in paradise right now. No, because you would have blew it. And then your name would be in the book as the one who went down in history, as the one that committed high treason. So I'm glad it was done early on. Get it out of the way. Get everything done. Praise God. The second Adam comes, pays a price. Why? Because of God's great love and because He's rich in mercy, made a way, praise God, through the Son, hallelujah, so that you and me now at any given time can come to the Father, praise God, to receive, amen, all that we need. Why? To be built up in our life. Why? To receive our inheritance. Why? To reign in life. Hallelujah, through the one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So mercy, amen, makes a way. So I put it this, mercy eliminates every hindrance. Mercy disconnects us from our past. Amen. Anything that's behind us. In fact, we know that that's necessary because God even said in 2 Corinthians, He said that, uh, you know, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, in Philippians 3, Paul said, there's one thing I got down. I know how to let go of my past and move forward because it's necessary. Amen. See, mercy disconnects you from your past, whereas grace connects you to your future. Are you still hearing me? Now, there's a reason why we got to get a hold of this. And we don't want to confuse mercy and grace. Grace is the empowerment that you got to have Amen? To move forward in your future, your destiny. But at the same time, you've got to receive the mercy so that past is not what dictates your future. They work hand in hand. But you've got to let each part do its part. You know, somebody will say, um, you know what, I'm not going to be like uh, I'm not going to be like my parent, or I'm not going to be like that person. Or you may say, I'm going to be like that person, and all that. And they think, well, that sounds, you know, you, know, you know, if it's a good thing, it sounds like it's an admirable thing or something. But in all honesty, your past, anything back here, is not what dictates your future, good or bad. Now listen, your future is in Him, Period. If you're saying, I'm going to live this because I'm not going to be like my dad. Well, that ain't how you live. Mercy disconnects you. Grace connects you. If we're living based back here, then we're not drawn on grace. And then we're, listen, we're destined to repeat history. That people say, oh, there's so much mistakes back there. I don't want to be like yesteryear. I don't want to be like our past. I don't want to be like, you know, the people of old. I don't want to, don't want to be like that. And they think, so, so what they do is they try to move forward just in that. Remember, grace is a divine influence upon the heart, the seat of control to be reflected in your life. If we're not drawn on grace, we're too busy letting all of this be the influence on our heart. And as much as you say, I don't want to be like this back here, if you're not drawn on grace, you are destined to repeat history. Grace is your answer to make a difference in your life. All God is asking is, come to me. Let me walk you through that. Let me show you that. Let me give you the, the secrets, the wisdom, the mysteries. Let me show you how to walk that marriage out. Let me show you how to parent. Let me show you how to do business. Let me show you how to profit. Let me show you how to walk in health. Let me show you. But if we're too busy mixing grace with mercy... We're waiting for God to dump something on us. Well, He's just good. You know, God's going to do... Of course He's good. He he disconnected you this, so this cannot hold you anymore. He just says, come and get this part. Because I have to be the one to walk you through it. Let me show you how to... You know, it's like every bit of success, the word even says in Luke 2, that Jesus um, uh, increased and was... Uh, how's it word? He, he said, the grace of God was upon him. Well, why is that? Because he spent time with the God of grace. So he always knew how to do, how to say, what action, how to do it, when not to do it. Come on. You know, there are times he walked right by people who weren't healed. I mean, people that didn't re- receive from him. There were times when he walked through cities where nobody wanted anything to do with him. There were times he walked on the water and times he didn't. There were times he spit and rolled mud balls and smeared them in blind guys' eyes and times he didn't. How did he know when to do it? The Word said he would go away to a deserted place and be alone with God. What would God start doing to him? He starts showing him things, saying things to him. What's happening? Divine influence. Let me show you. What, this is what's going to happen tomorrow. Let me walk you through that. This is what you need to do. There were times he'd just get quiet. Why is he getting quiet? He's hearing. What? Divine influence. Why? What do you do with this? Hey, she needs to be stoned. What are you going to do about it? They're all looking. What's he doing? He's just doodling in the ground. What's he doing? Eh, drawing on grace. And then when it was time to say something, he said, "All right, he with no sin, cast the first stone. Well now they're all going... Right? See, we could have gotten into the debate here. Should she be stoned or not? Let's hear your opinion. I'm not going to give you no opinion. What's he operating in? Grace. So he begins, uh, you know, he says what, what he knows. The Word says, he, Jesus said himself, He says, I say nothing unless I hear the Father say it. I do nothing unless I see the Father do it. So he operates that way. Then everybody, of course, you know the story. They all get up one by one. They all leave. He turns to the woman. He says, um, hey, woman, where's your accusers? She said, they're all gone. He said, that's right. Well, I don't accuse you either. But here's a little grace for you. Go and sin no more. Don't get caught up in that mess anymore. Don't go down that same road because it hangs you up. And the next time I may not be there. Are you still with me? All right. Well, anyway. All right. Let's go, uh, let's go look here. Um, Ephesians. We're still in Ephesians 2. Amen. Um, okay, let's talk about the exceeding riches Of his grace. Okay, remember, what's grace now again? Defined as what? A gift, favor, benefit, but a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Now, okay, so grace is what makes the difference, okay? It's that divine power, that divine influence, amen, to empower you and connect you to your future, all right? So, again, what was the verse we started with Uh, out of uh, Acts 20? Uh, Verse 32, it says that that word of His grace, amen, is able to build you up and to give you a rightful inheritance. It brings you towards your destiny. It makes you the men and the women of God that you're called to be. Are you still with me? So So let's look at this. Stop trying to repair your past. Instead, prepare for your future. Are you hearing me? Are you with me? Stop letting your past pressure you and instead press towards your future. Are you still hearing me? Oh, yeah. See, don't, don't you know, you know, sit around looking for a, a way to fix blame on the past. Instead, fix your course for the future. Receive what the mercy of God has done for you. Amen. And then draw on grace... To move yourself forward. Still with me? Listen. If we don't do it, we're destined to repeat. Some people they they spend most of their life just going around the mulberry bush. Here we go again. Well, I just, man, I, I, you know, I'm saved and and I love I know God and I love God and how come I got here? I am doing this again. Well, you can love God, you can know God, and you can even be born again and never draw on grace because you don't spend any time with God. You don't don't fellowship with God. You don't commune with God. You don't come into the throne of grace to obtain that mercy and draw and find and discover the the grace that's available for you. Are you still with me? So what happens is we, 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 we... Still kind of confuse grace with mercy, and we just, you know, want everything or, uh, everything to be fixed and and just just dump on me so it never happens again. And God, He He dumps on your mercy, amen. So it makes a way so you can move forward, not without condemnation, guilt, or inferiority, but you just keep going. And so you got to call on it again and wait, dumps on you again, here we go again. You go a little bit further, it happens again, here we go again. I know it's nobody in here, it's all them other people. What is that? There's no grace, there's no empowerment, there's no divine influence. So what happens is, we're just going along waiting for God to just fix everything. He's already fixed everything. He's already made a way for everything. He's already prepared a way so that you at any given time could come to Him and get all that you need to move yourself forward. All right. Now, the word "saved." Might as well look at this. Says that you've been uh, uh, by grace you've been saved. Verse eight. Everybody say "saved." Saved. The word "saved." Now, most of the time we read that, the first thing we think about is you got how you got saved. You're no longer you're you're born again. You're no longer hell bound. You're heaven bound. How many know that's there's there's nothing wrong with that. But the word saved doesn't mean born again. The word saved, this Greek word here is sozo. Um, the word salvation, the Greek word soteria, both same, same root word. It just depends on how it's used in a sentence, verb versus noun, that kind of thing. But it means you know, a total deliverance. But it's referring to, when you really break it down, it just means this. Saved from whatever. Anything you need saved, you can have in God. What do you need saved today? Now it started. Listen, it started with the saving of your soul. And it says here, "You were saved by faith through faith, or by grace through faith." Amen. So somewhere along the line, you know, you probably heard a message, heard something, heard somebody talking. Or somewhere along the line, you knew enough. Maybe it was something Grandma said or something Mama said or something Uncle Tom said or, or something that somebody said, man, you need God, you need to call on God. You need more of God in your life. Or whatever Yeah, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. And one day, all of a sudden, you're going along and that came up. What came up? What you were influenced with. It came up. And you knew enough to say, What happened? You got saved. In other words, that part of say, You got born again, the saving of your soul, because you knew enough to call on God. So through faith, you didn't even know what it was. You, couldn't, you might not even be able to spell faith. You didn't have a clue or anything about faith. So what's faith? Faith, uh, the Greek word, pistis, uh, to believe in. To, re, uh, to depend on, uh, to rely on, to have confidence in, um, to trust in, to have conviction, to have assurance. All these are synonyms of this word faith. So somewhere along the line, you knew enough to rely on God. Somehow you heard something, you know, knew enough to look up, and call on God, you got born again, the saving of your soul. One of the greatest miracles that could ever happen to a human being happened because you just somewhere along the line got influenced by that and all you did was say, yes, I want that. That, And the greatest miracle that could ever happen to a human being manifested and you didn't even have a clue. And so God says, now there's saving of everything. What do you else want saved? Well, I'd like my marriage saved. I'd like my family saved. I'd like my health saved. I'd like, my, I'd like safety and protection. All this all's wrapped up in that word, salvation and saved. All of it is. So if you could get born again, not even having really an understanding of what you did, all you did was somewhere there was a... Listen, listen. Somewhere there was pursuit. You just drew near, and guess what? He draws near to you. You got born again because you made a decision to draw near to God. And all of a sudden, the greatest miracle that ever happened happened. Now, nothing else... Every, pardon me. Everything else... None of it's different. It's all the same. How you get healed, how you get delivered, how you get your marriage fixed, how you get your family fixed, how you get your finances fixed, how you get all that fixed, because it's all wrapped up in this word, saved, or salvation, depending how it's used in the sentence. Are you still hearing me? Now, grace, or probably mercy, grace through. Faith. All right? So, my future, or probably my past, has been handled. Every hindrance, every shame, guilt, mistakes, good, bad, ugly, all of it just, it's back here, made away so that I can move forward. So, there is a future waiting me, but it says I got, I get it through grace, or probably by grace, through what? Through faith. Okay, so faith is what connects you to it. Are you still with me? Yes. Now, um, best way I can say it, I guess I guess this is kind of how it came to me um, Oh, the other day, is, is like mercy is kind of like the price paid, grace is kind of like the prize, and faith is, is really you know, the, the avenue uh, you know, to get it, or we could say the pursuit of it. All right, so here we go. Uh, faith. Now, um, the Word says, faith without works or corresponding action is dead. So we know there's got to be some kind of work in here, some kind of work. Now, according back, let's go back to Ephesians, I want to say like verse, is it verse 9, 2-9? Um, let's see, let's look at it now. Is that what it says here? to, I want to say around 9. Let's see. Let's look at it. Uh, Let's read verse 8, and then we'll just kind of come into it. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, right? How many know it's a gift? And it's not of yourselves, so it ain't by your works, it goes on to say. You didn't get saved by your works. But yet you're, you're, you're made for them. And faith, the Word says, without works or corresponding action is dead. So there's, there's somehow in here, what's he talking about? He's talking about a pursuit. Faith that's truly in pursuit of God gets things done. How you do it, how you don't do it. Um, let's, let's, do a, let's do a grouping of, um, I think I got like some, a couple verses in Matthew and then one in Mark, a couple in Luke. Let's do a couple of these. I want to show you something about faith a little bit because... Hey, none of this is complicated. It's just that God needs you to move toward it. Are you still with me? Okay. Now, this happened here. Um, I believe it was a couple um, A couple. Uh, is it lepers or blind, maybe is what it was. It was a couple blind men here. It said here that He touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. So what did they do uh, to to get that response from Jesus? Well, the Word says that they called on Him. They saw Him walking by, and they called out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. And so it stopped him. See, they made move. The word even said they were following him. Okay? So somewhere along the line, there was pursuit in them. So listen, faith, you're not saved by your works, but somewhere along the line, we ought to see something coming out of you. There ought to be some kind of pursuit in you. Amen. Somewhere you ought to be in your life, it ought to be showing that, you know, I'm depending on God here. Yeah. I'm relying on God. Without God, I have nothing. See, without grace, I've got nothing. So I have to pursue God, amen, to go to grab hold of, the, of that divine influence so I can walk it out. Mm-hmm. So I have to have some kind of pursuit. Are you still with me? Right. Uh, give me another one in Matthew. Let's do another one Matthew uh, 9 and 22. Uh, this one says Jesus uh, turned around and when he saw her said to her be of good cheer daughter your faith has made your faith your faith has made you well and the woman was made well from that hour this is the woman with the issue of blood so what did she do well somewhere in, in somewhere she did something to show her faith and she got what it took amen I she got the prize because what she wanted was to be made well. Come on, right. Now listen, we're not, off, we're not off the subject of grace because if you want more of grace, then this is all it is, is you make movement toward it because it's through faith. Well, I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. I mean, it just seemed like everything. Listen, we'll make movement toward God. Well, I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. I just, why, why does my life stink? Why is my life is so bad? I come it's so ugly. I come nothing ever goes good. Move, make movement toward God. Well, I just don't understand why. You know, God will. God God just fix it. I wish you just fix it. I wish you just fix it. Go, well, no, move toward God. I, oh God, I just wish everything' so ugly, so bad, it's just so bad, it's just so horrible. It just seems like here we go again, around, 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 and around, around. Move toward God! Move toward God! Stop wasting your time talking all this. Move towards God. Yeah. Oh, that's just so, oh, that's just so, oh, just you just don't understand. I'm just such a flop, such a fellow. No, mercy took care of that. Right. You can't even you can't even use that as an excuse. Well, I blew it this morning. You can't even use that. Mercy took care of that. But you need grace to walk this thing through. To walk in this thing to be built up in who you are and to walk in your inheritance, to reign in life. You're going to have to have grace. So you can't just sit here and boo-hoo and and be upset and be mad and be down and and just beat up yourself and and get mad at everybody else and point your finger at this and point your finger at that. Why don't you stop wasting your time with all that and just move toward God? Just say, hey, Lord, I hear you have answers. I hear that there's an empowerment, a divine influence that you can empower me with, that I can walk this thing out and then start drawing it. So what does that mean? If it's through faith, well, well, how did these people get their answer? Well, she made movement toward him. The, The people were thronging him. She crawled. She crawled. They didn't all do this, but she did. She was bound to get her answer, so she did what it took. She showed through her action that she's dependent on whatever that man has is what I'm going to get. So what did she do? She even crawled through the feet of people to reach up and grab the hem of that man's garment, amen, to receive what he had to offer, praise God. And then he stops, amen, because faith will cause him to, he'll stop. And look. He acknowledged her faith. Give me another one. One like in Mark or something like that. What did I get here? Mark 10. Here's another. Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received sight and followed Jesus on the road. Praise God. Who is this? Blind Bart. Bartimaeus. Amen. So blind Bart, amen, hears that Jesus is coming down the street. He starts screaming out, kind of the same thing as other blind men did Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody goes, shh, 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 knock it off, you're embarrassing us. Jesus! 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 Jesus, Son of David! Knock it off, Jesus! What are you doing? Releasing faith. Somebody says, you mean screaming releases faith? For him it did. Why? Because he made movement. There was something, he showed Through his faith, it had a corresponding action that he was dependent on what that man walking down the street had, I'm going to get. And it stopped him. And he turned, and and when he did, when he called uh, Bartimaeus unto him, the word said he threw off his beggar's clothes, his blind man's clothes, kind of threw off the garment and went straight for him, knowing he was going to be made well, and he was. And Jesus again said, your faith did this. Let's give another one. Let's try one in Luke. I'm about done here. But let's look at this. He said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Who is he talking to? This In context, he's talking to the woman. Remember, that came into the house. Okay, The Pharisee invited Jesus in. Here comes this woman into the house and starts kneels at his feet, starts wiping and washing his feet. Remember this? And he had, she had this... Um, um, uh, uh, burial ointment or whatever, however, and was uh, washing his feet with it and her tears and using her hair to dry his feet. And everybody was upset in the room because they're thinking, does he know what kind of woman this is? Well, of course he does. I mean, here she is, a sinner. They called her a sinner woman. And this guy who claims to be some prophet is letting a sinner woman touch his feet. And then he has the nerve to say, your faith. So what did she do? Well she made movement toward him. What'd she do? Well she <laughs> I guess I guess coming forward, moving toward him and washing his feet and drying with, amen. It showed faith. It showed, come on somebody, obviously displayed faith. And she got her prize. Look, give me one more. Just We go one more. Right? Luke 17 now. Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. What happened to this? This was when the lepers, the ten lepers, they were, uh, they were cleansed. Go show yourself to the priest, right? And as they went, they were cleansed. The word said, one man came back. One man. Came back, displayed gratitude, grateful, fell at his feet. Thanking him. Jesus then says, "Arise, go your way, not. You don't have to go to the priest no more. Go your way, Why? Because your faith has made you well, that word well means whole or complete. There's not even a sign the disease was there. Okay, now that's a whole nother sermon, but the bottom line is, faith, you are saved. What is it you need? Uh, what is it you need to be made well? What is it you need? Uh, to uh, uh, to be saved. See, you're saved through a divine influence upon the heart to be reflecting your life, but it's through faith. So somewhere there needs to be in you, even though you're not, you're not, you're, you didn't get saved by your works. But somewhere we gotta see something in you. To show us that you even got any hint of faith moving toward Him. So what in you is showing, what in you is displaying, uh, you know, reliance or dependence on God? What is it in you showing that you are trusting in God? A man named Zerubbabel. A governor of, of Judah. We read about you know him in, in Zechariah, and uh, he, he has a task. And uh, his task is to rebuild the temple. it was assigned by God. You're going to do this. Well, you know, after a while, huh, there's a lot a lot to do. There's a big job. It's a big task. It seems like a mountain. Come on. Well, Pastor, you just don't know it all. I have to, what's going on. Listen, it might right now seem like a mountain to you, but there's only one way through it. By grace, through faith. And you can get your, your breakthrough. You get your answer. You get that thing delivered. You get that thing turned around. You can come through that thing with flying colors. Hallelujah. Soaring like an eagle like you're supposed to. So Zerubbabel, I'm just so so tired. I've got so much to do and I just can't do it. And so he, he lets it kind of lapse and for a season in there, nothing gets done. And the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel. Hey, dude, you have a job to do. The calling didn't change. The leading didn't change here. You're still called to do this. Oh, I just, so See, you're, you're depending too much on your own power. He said, It's not by your, remember this verse? This was talking to Zerubbabel. It's not by your power. It's not by your might. It's not by your ability. It has nothing to do with you, son. It's by grace. And he said, with shouts of grace, grace, that mountain will become a plain. Praise God. So his, what God said, in order for you to walk in this, you're going to have to trust me. And what you need to do is get your mouth talking the right thing. Mm -hmm. Because right now what you're talking about, oh, oh, I just can't. I just don't know how he expects me. I just don't know. God says, Well, then let's get your words changing. So your act of faith is going to be grace, grace. I will walk in the grace of God. I'm drawn on God's divine power, I'm drawn on divine influence. Hallelujah. I will walk this, I will fulfill this. And that mountain. becomes a plane amen no different but when you spend time with God and you make movement toward God in a sense of I'm relying on you God guess what it never fails here comes insight here comes an answer here comes direction here comes a word here comes empowerment here comes the influence why so you can walk this thing out, right? Without stress. Without being overwhelmed. Come on, somebody. Think about how many times we've been just as guilty as Zerubbabel. Oh, I gotta, oh now he wants us to go to church again. God. And now i got to work in the nursery? Ah. You want me to do what? <sighs> how about move toward God, get the empowerment, and that won't seem like such a big task anymore. god will give you direction and show you how to do it, and you'll probably become the best at it. Yeah. Yeah. All because you made movement toward God, and the promise of God is this. You draw near to Him, He draws near to you. It's a promise. And it wasn't, we're finding out, it ain't hard. It's just shifting your attention, drawing on Him, saying, I depend on you. You know, when you come boldly to the throne of grace, it's telling God this, I can't do this without you. Now, we say that as Christians. We do it all the time. Yes, it's all about the Lord, It's you know. It's God. <laughs> it's all God. <laughs> and we don't spend any time. We get wore out. We get beat down. Next thing we know, we're doing things we said we never do, saying things we, never, we said we never say, acting in ways we said we'd never act again. But it's all God. Because we know what to say religiously. But if you really believe that it's all about God and all Him, then make movement toward God. Show that through your faith. And when you do, Grace, empowerment, divine influence is there to help you through the rest of the way. Nothing can hinder you. Nothing can stop you. You can walk in the fullness of your destiny. Praise God. Why? Because you spent time with Mr. Divine. Did you get some today? Give God praise. Come on. Why don't you all stand up? Appreciate you letting me get through that one today. Thank you very much. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. Thank you for your word. And Father, thank you for the word of your grace yes. hallelujah we draw on grace we thank you for that hallelujah and we give you the praise and the glory for it thank you Lord that what you began with in each and every one of us you are finishing praise God because we're looking to you we're leaning on you we're trusting in you we're confident in you we're relying and depending on you. praise God and as a result of that, we'll walk in that grace. And we'll walk in that empowerment. We'll walk in that influence. And we will see, hallelujah, the fulfillment of our destinies, of our futures, of our lot in life, which is always good in you. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well- Thank you for joining us for this message.